And I live on air, I went, and I'm never apologizing again for being happy. I realized that life is so precious. We we live this once, you know, and so just make the most of each moment. And we all fret. Oh my goodness, I fret about. I did fret about lots of things. Um, usually, oh, how am I going to get that job in television when I was growing up? Because I was so shy, I couldn't speak, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. Welcome to Unquestionable with your hosts Charles Perry Phillips and Sophie Green, where each week we dive into real and raw conversations with experts, creators, thought leaders and CEOs. With our guests, we'll be exploring some of the unquestionable truths behind psychology, mental health and relationships to gain a deeper understanding of human nature. So let's get into today's episode. <sighs> right. Well, Gabby Roslin, thank you so much for being with us. It's, it's wonderful to be in the presence of broadcasting royalty like oh you. don't be ridiculous <laughs> that's just so bizarre <laughs> but it's true giles was um, practicing that in the car on the way yeah i was yeah yeah <laughs> were you it's like, is it too much is, is it too much yeah it just made yeah. me completely embarrassed but no. that's very kind of you no but, but it's, it's true. true but no. also someone who's very joyful and obviously your new book's about joy and being joyful yeah, and spread the joy yeah and I guess I want to start, what does joy mean to you? Everything, actually. Uh, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a TV presenter and from the age of three. And my father worked at the BBC and I went along and watched Blue Peter going out. And I stood behind the glass watching it because they had things called viewing galleries. And I literally had my face pressed up to the glass and I looked around to my dad and said, that's what I want to do. He said, okay. And and I just then became obsessed about wanting to do it. The reason I wanted to do it was because television brought me joy. I thought, if I do that, I can make people happy. I suppose I would have used that word. Mm. And so when the TV was on, I'd sit next to it and they'd all say, hello, and I'd say, hello. And my dad had a box on his head because he had to be the camera. Right. And then um, when I grew up older and I'd seen studios and I saw that they had something called auto cue. I didn't know it was called auto cue. They had words on the screen. My mum used to write on loo rolls. So I used to read what she'd written on the loo rolls so I could practice because I was going to be a TV presenter one day. But it was all about spreading joy. You know, like some comedians say, Oh, I just wanted to make everybody laugh. I think it was I just wanted to make everyone happy. And because TV made me happy and I loved it, I thought, oh, that's going to make people happy. That's what I'm going to do. And then I, but also I was the sort of the person at school that would always be silly. I mm -hmm. do a mock falling over just to make somebody laugh. Probably sometimes I'm real falling over yeah, yeah. as well. But but I that, that sort of thing. And I was a dreadful giggler. <laughs> and I thought if you giggle, then somebody else will giggle. So, yeah. Mm. It was always, that was always my thing about spreading joy. Yeah, it's fascinating. Do, do you know where that comes from? Like, uh, I mean, obviously you said about like TV being an outlet for that, but. Yeah, I think, well, my parents were, they supported me in that. They were that wicked sense of humour. We're very close as a family. I've got the most amazing cousins and my grandparents, we used to go to see them in Africa every year. And it, that was just joyful. So I think there was, I'm very lucky that there was a lot of laughter, a lot of joy around um, and, and I just think it was something that, that I, my, my dad was a very, very, very positive man, still is a very positive man. And, and I think that in a way they're all one big bundle, kindness, my, and positivity and joy and happiness. And my mum would talk to everybody. So, and everybody would talk to me even when I was little. So it was just the way that we were, I think. It was not all 
rosy and, you know, it wasn't all perfect and wonderful. I was very shy, so I used to have problems with that. But I still like to smile. Wow, it sounds like it's it's quite an innate thing for you then. Because I feel like a lot of people tend to have kind of like a rock bottom moment or like some terrible thing happened to them and then it changes them into well, like looking for yeah. joy. Uh, there, well, there have been some awful things that have happened and that made me reassess life, I think. So um, my mum died very young. Uh, she died 27 years ago and uh, she was very young and I was young. I hadn't had kids yet or anything like that. And when she died, for years and years and years, journalists always used to say, oh, you're always so happy. Are you really that happy? And I always said, and I'm sorry, because I do tell this story quite a lot, but it's quite a big part of my life. And I always said, oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. And when mum died, I went on to This Morning with Richard and Judy. And they knew that mum had died. And I didn't talk very publicly about it, but I just got a big new TV show. And they were saying, we were talking about whatever you want and this show. And then they said, and we're so sorry about your mum. And isn't it wonderful that you're still happy and smiling as you've always been? And I, live on air, I went, and I'm never apologising again for being happy. I realise that life is so precious. We, we live this once, mm. you know, and so just make the most of each moment. And we all fret. Oh, my goodness. I fret about, I did fret about lots of things. Um, usually... Oh, how am I going to get that job in television when I was growing up? Because I was so shy, I couldn't speak. But I knew that's what I wanted to do. So, and there's all sorts of things. And like normal people. But I'm never apologising again about being happy. It's funny that we do that. And I, I think I'm probably guilty of doing that as well. Apologising for being kind. <laughs> it seems like such an, yes. a strange thing. But I don't know if that's a cultural thing in the UK. I think it is. I think that we, it is. We, we end up doing that. But I think like you, having those big life moments, those traumas, they do often lead you to gratitude. I, I, yeah. I For me, that's that's always been, I lost my mum at a young age as well. And I know Sophie did as well. And I think... It's always led me towards gratitude, like oh, I suppose, completely. like living life to the full, those kind of things, all the cliches that you can imagine. But all those cliches are—we should stop calling them cliches. Exactly. I decided yeah. that the other day because um, when I was because at the same time that Mum was dying of cancer, Dad had a different cancer in a different hospital, and he survived, and then he had a stroke as well. So it was all a very traumatic time. But but it's funny whenever I say I use the same word as you do, I always say. It's a bit cliche to say, but he was really positive and he got mm. it. And then I thought, I've got to stop saying that because actually those are real. Yeah. <laughs> They're really true. He was very positive. Mm. He went through hell. He lost his wife of 34 years or whatever. And and he had a stroke and he had cancer. You know, all of those things. Mm. But, but all those cliches actually are real. And it doesn't mm. matter if, if people want to call them cliches because they work. <laughs> yeah, they really do. So, uh, funny enough, the next question I was going to ask you about using joy to cope. And obviously you've, you know, you've touched on that there. I mean, is is that still a case for you when you're in a difficult moment? Uh, yes, I suppose. And But I, I like to, my husband always teases me because I'll look at things in a different way than he does. So I'll always see the best side of something, even if it's a bad thing. Um, and he always says, oh, of course, you know, if if a, a plate breaks or something, I'll just say, oh, well, and, and I'll come up with some 
trite comment and he'll say oh that means we have to go and replace it i said no we haven't because and then i'll say something oh you know what we could do we could smash it up and we can make it into a frame and put it in a frame and then we got a piece of art and he'll just go oh <laughs> and actually I, I i talk about that in the book that <laughs> he gets so embarrassed when i talk about this but there was this is really silly but it's quite fun to do um he, I don't have caffeine or coffee mm. or tea or anything. And uh, he always leaves coffee grinds. And he says he doesn't. He does. He does. <laughs> yeah, 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 we've he got does. it officially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one day he was there and I went, oh, look. And I go on about the shape that it was. And he just said, only you can see that. I see coffee grinds and you're moaning about, I went, no, no. Look, if you look at that, in the same way, there's a new thing in our house. We've, some of the tiles have come off in the bathroom because we had a bit of a leak. <laughs> And there's, I don't know, either of you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but behind one of the tiles where there was the glue, it looks like a character called Bear in the Big Blue House. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm aware of him. And so I lie in the bath and look at Bear in the Big Blue House. And I've said to my daughters as well, look, it's Bear in the Big Blue House. And they said, Mom. I say it to my husband, goes, are you mad? It's just a state. I went, no, look, there's his nose and he's wave. He is, he's waving. So imagine me in the bath. I'm looking at Bear in the Big Blue House. <laughs> do Just you look at things differently do yeah reframing stuff i guess yeah. Yeah. yeah do you find that people maybe that are a bit more cynical for want of a better mm. word do kind of roll their eyes or yeah. think oh she must be faking it or you know pretending to be happier all the time um, people don't really say that about faking it and uh, and i th i think probably because i've been are you talking about strangers or people that know me well either because okay so people that know me know that I'm just a bit crazy and I like to I've always been like that and my best friend's been my best friend since we were 16 and she knows that I've always just been a bit naughty and a giggler um but but people who don't know me know that I've been on their tv screens for 37 years which is remarkable because I'm only 33 every birthday yeah, yeah. so I was minus four uh when I started even when I came out of my mom I went hey welcome to the show yeah, yeah, yeah. it's amazing how that happens mm. but no I don't think well people don't say that to me if they think mm. it they don't say it to me so yeah because I feel me. I feel like maybe more so in the UK but going back to what you're saying about when you know you had you have loved ones pass away and if you're happy people must sometimes oh, think happy well if when you're, they, yeah i think that that's that's a different thing than than feeling the joy mm. i wouldn't say i was happy so i've lost two very dear friends recently it's no secret that paul o'grady mm. was one of my dearest friends um and when he died i was absolutely devastated but we laughed at his funeral mm. and that was joyful i wouldn't say i was happy <laughs> so that's interesting yeah. so there's a there's a big difference then between joy and happiness although they're in the same big giant balloon of loveliness mm. i i cannot look you in the eye and say i was happy when paul died mm. or i was happy when mum died or my lovely friend rachel who died or my you know i've got i've lost far too many friends when they were 40 so um mm. uh, there's no i wasn't happy but i appreciated them for what they gave to the world what they put out there how they affected my life and also I felt I did you know I look back and I feel joyous about the time I spent with them mm. I think that's an important uh thing to distinguish actually the difference but because there'll be people listening I'm sure as well who think 
happiness and joy are the same thing. Well, they are. No, like I said, they're they're mm. in the same bubble. But um, it, it's like somebody a very sad situation. I was doing an event with um, children with cancer, which is a, a charity, and there was this beautiful, lovely uh, woman who came up to me. And she was saying very lovely things, which I'm not going to repeat. Um, and then I could see she was very sad. And I said, um, there's obviously something. And she just hugged me and she said, yeah, my daughter died um, four months ago. She was 13 and she died of cancer and she'd been battling it for five years. Those were her words. And uh, and then we just talked. And we, she said, I, I don't know if I'll ever feel happy again. And I said, well, you... You will, but in a different way, because um, we were talking about how precious life is. And she was saying that to me. I wasn't coming out with any um, cliches, for want of a better word, but I wasn't I wasn't coming out with any of that. It was her turn to talk and she wanted to talk about it. And I reminded her that grief has no rules. And I say that in the book as well. There are no rules. If you feel like you want to cry, then cry. And don't feel guilty if you smile. I remember waking up one morning after mum had died and I sort of forgot for a split second. And I thought, oh, and then I thought, oh, no, wait a minute. Mum's mm. just died. And you probably have been through the same mm. thing. So there are no rules to grief. And there's no way that I can look that woman in the eye and say, be happy. Because mm. that's not, but feel the joy that's around. As she was saying that to me, because it was about my book, mm. which was lovely. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I think that's important because actually I yeah I'd never thought of it like that I don't know we were actually in the car on the way up here talking about the difference between joy and happiness like are they the same thing <laughs> they're more mutually exclusive I suppose that's yeah, the thing isn't yeah. it um I mean that leads me on to a bit like about kind of thinking about your own inner joy and happiness and you know more the joy aspect I suppose but thinking about how you've got to kind of coax yourself into like is is being joyful is being happy something that you can kind of practice is it something that you can yeah well i've got tangible? some in the book um i've got i call them tiny tasks and there's everything from the one that i tell everybody to do and i have done for years i'm actually putting it in the book and people now um telling me that they're trying it out and it works it's just it's such a lovely feeling that it helps people but it's the very first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is you put you just lift your your smile tight in a really small way you don't go beaming smile but you just feel that that feeling of smiling and but you do it that moment that you're stirring so and we all reach for our clocks our phones whatever it is mm. but before just that moment that you wake smile and it there's science behind it as well because the brain then goes oh okay today it's not going to mm. be too bad and it's it's not faking it it's starting the day with a better feeling. And then you walk into the bathroom and instead of going, oh, my roots, oh, my wrinkles, oh, look at the spot. Um, you just look and you smile at yourself. Mm. And actually that instantly, so you've got a double whammy of smiles first thing in the morning. And yes, you, there are horrific things that people have to cope with every single day. But if you can just have a moment of joy, you don't need to feel joyful all day. Nobody does. Nobody does. But you can have those moments and they can stay with you. Do you find that after a while it becomes a uh, second nature? Habit. Yeah. 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 I do it, it every every day. Mm. Uh, this morning I was doing morning live. So I usually I set my alarm for four o'clock, but I always wake up half an hour before. So I was awake at, uh, funnily enough, this morning at three o'clock. And I thought, well, I'm not going to go back to sleep because I'm if I go back to sleep, I'll be all drowsy. And so I just lay there smiling. And I thought, 
I'm going on the podcast later and they're going to ask me about this and I can actually say, <laughs> at three o'clock this morning I was lying there smiling thinking, oh, I could have had another hour, but I smiled and then that made me laugh thinking about it. So. Wow, that's impressive actually. And you've had quite a journey to get here today as well. Yeah, the and... trains were delayed again. No, most people that would ruin their entire day. No, what? because I oh I can tell you I met two very lovely people on the train. I was everybody talks to me and I talk to everybody and it's lovely. So I met a, a woman who's doing fifty things in her the year leading up to her fiftieth birthday. She's going to two shows in London, one tonight and one tomorrow. She's going on a cruise. She w- wanted to go on the Orient Express, but she couldn't afford it. She told me how much it was. Oh my word! And she's <laughs> doing all of this on her own. But she's also oh. going to go and see her niece in Spain who's in Spain for a year. See, I can tell you all about her. Yeah. And the train the train guard as well, who well, I was chatting to. He's wouldn't lovely. it be nice if she was listening? <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, yeah. That's what, do you find that you sort of attract people to you through being more joyful and maybe no, you have... Everybody's always talked to me and I always talk to everybody. But it's always, mm. always, always been like that. When I was 11, I remember coming home and I'd been on the bus back from school and I said to my parents... Mom, this woman was telling me about her divorce. She's going to divorce her husband. and She needed to talk to somebody. And my mother said, sorry, darling, it's going to happen to you all your life. And yeah. it does. And I'm really so touched that people tell me things. And I met some mm. amazing women on the train last week when I was going from Manchester to Dundee for a, a literary festival. And I'd done Morning Live and then was going to Dundee. And it was going to take three hours, but it took eight hours because of storm babette you see um, I'm now you didn't ask i want to tell you the whole story storm, how many storms have we had lately? a lot yeah too uh, much. and this woman so i started talking to the three women the train was packed and um i made the kids come and sit on the table we they because they were all these little kids and i was talking to the three women so we were in a four and the woman on my left is the woman that found the textiles and designed the outfits for the Beatles in their flower power era. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, you never know who you're sitting next to. Exactly. Well, I feel like we're maybe in a culture of, you know, get on the train, stick your headphones in, look down at your phone, or it used to be like the newspaper, and then just don't make eye contact with anybody. Oh, I talk to everybody. Well, does your husband, is he similar, or does he sort of get a bit annoyed when he wants to sort of just... Be quiet, and then oh, you're no, there, first like, thing in the morning, he like he reads his Guardian from front to well, back to front, probably. <laughs> but he he likes his paper, oh, proper paper, paper. Mm. And I'll be blah, 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 singing musical theatre songs around the house. <laughs> just see him sometimes thinking, "Oh, please be quiet." <laughs> Amazing. So activate joy now. <laughs> yeah. Joy on. I, f- I honestly find that people that are like you, like very, oh, you can just. It's almost like a tangible thing. You can just sense when someone has a good energy, good aura about them, and that attracts people to them to talk to them and have a conversations. Whereas when someone's like in a bad mood and they're sort of like hunched over and just like miserable looking. But then I'll talk to them and find out what the matter is. I worry about, I I do, I talk to everybody. And I I talk about it in the book as well, because I think talking is really important and listening. And I always go on about, it's really important to talk. Um, and if you've got nobody to talk to, we've got a list of charities in the back of the book. Um, and also to listen, because people don't listen. They'll say, how are you? Fine, thanks. Or if you say, actually, I'm not feeling good. Good, or I have a mm. nice day. What do you mean? I've just said to you I don't feel well. So always listen as well is important. Mm. Yeah, it's saying, are you okay? And actually meaning, are you yeah, okay, are you isn't okay? it? But I was going to say as well, like talking to yourself, because we're, we're pretty bad at doing that, I think. I mean, talking I Talking to yourself. Well, you know, as in like sort of going through your own a kind checklist. of thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I wonder if like that is a, a, another thing that needs to, to aid to joy is like actually yeah, finding, the jo- yourself. finding the joy within. Absolutely. So that whole, the book is all about you feeling the joy and then spreading it because you can't spread it if you don't feel it. And that's what you do on your socials. Well, I try to. You yeah. do. It's always <laughs> kindness. You're mm. all about kindness. And that comes from you. It doesn't come from you thinking this is what people want. You think I'm going to be kind and I'm going to make that person feel better. And and also another thing I, I talk about in the book is actually that it makes you feel good. Celebrate that. Mm. That if you make somebody, if you do something for somebody else and they feel good, you are allowed to feel good that they feel good. And there's a lot of people mm. who say, oh, I feel really guilty because I gave to charity and it made me feel good. Don't. Just, just you know, that's mm. a triple whammy. Mm. Good, good, good. Yeah. Go for well, it. There's yeah. a phrase I've written down, actually. It's called compersion. You might have heard. I don't know if you've heard of it. But it's it basically the, the sort of translation of it is the wholehearted participation in happiness of others. So it's like sympathetic joy. Yeah. yeah. So actually, yeah, you feel the joy of other people's joy of other Absolutely. people's happiness. Mm. It's the same as does that count like when you go to the airport and you see people saying hello and goodbye and you cry? I do always, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> always. Do you? Uh what like at, at arrivals, you mean? Oh, when there's some people <laughs> coming and they haven't seen each other for ages. I yeah. sob. <laughs> or if somebody's saying goodbye at the airport, I'll Oh. And if they very excited to see somebody and they're holding up signs and they somebody leaps over the barrier, I scream and cheer. <laughs> I feel like sitting in a room with you two, I feel like I've got a heart of stone. <laughs> Not at we're, all. We're trying to slowly break it down. I just walk straight through the, the airport. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, when you see like an old couple and they're holding hands or something. I'm Knock like, them out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, need to get some, I need to get to the terminal yeah, <laughs> as quickly as possible. Oh, no, I know what you mean, though. But it's funny because I guess there is this idea of like everything needs to be altruistic in some way. But really, you know, when you gave the example of donating to a charity... If it makes you feel good, you're more likely to do it. So actually, yeah. it's it's good that it makes you feel good. Yeah, but it also like people a... feel very guilty. There's a lot of judgment. Again, nothing. Mm. Something else I go on about. Um, and I don't I don't think anything is quite as damaging at the moment as this. People are so judgmental. But always, what you have to remember is that it's not about you. It's about them. So if they're if you're any word that you want to use, bullying, if they're being judgmental, if they're not saying nice things, if whatever it is, it's always about them. And lots of it can end up in jealousy and jealousy is not a nice emotion at all. Mm. So remembering it's about them. And also, you know, I we love social media for all the right reasons, not for all the wrong reasons. And I think Instagram um, is is can be a very joyous place. And I just try and flood it with joy. But there is also, you know, the filtered and the this and the everything that is creating more of a a judgmental society. Mm. Yeah, I feel like we need to say that once more just for people to really soak that in. With the judgment and the nasty comments and the stuff going on on social media, it's never about you. It's always about the other person. It's about them. Somebody I know, dear friend of mine, I was getting a lot of abuse on social media for something that she said, and she meant it really mm. kindly. And she said, I just, uh, I'm not going to post anymore. And I said, do, just delete it. She said, oh, I don't think of that. I said, delete it, because then, you know, it, it's horrible. Mm. It's yeah. not nice. Just be nice. You know what? It doesn't 
hurt to be kind. And everyone has their opinions. And if what my what my um, <laughs> what my mum used to say about my dad, because my dad was a broadcaster, as I said, he worked at the BBC. He was a newsreader, and um, he was a continuity announcer on on BBC Two. And uh, mum used to say, "It's wonderful. I can turn you off, and I don't want to hear you talking anymore, Clive." And <laughs> and then when I was on telly and I got some nasty things said in the press, my mum said, "You just say to them, don't watch." If you don't want what I put on socials, don't follow. Mm. If you don't want to watch me on telly, turn it off. If you don't want to listen to me on the radio, turn it off. If you don't want my, to listen to my podcast, don't listen to it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's strange that that compulsion for people to share their thoughts and opinions. and But some of them can be very, very valid. Mm. You know, I think we have to be utterly aware that life is unbelievably difficult for a lot of people. And I never want anybody to think that me trying to spread the joy and with the book, spread the joy, that I'm saying, oh, don't worry, I know that there's a cost of living crisis, but everything will be fine if you mm. jump. I know that's not the case, but a jump will make you feel better for that split second that you do it. It's so true. I mean, like social media is such a, um, I mean, it's something that comes up a lot on the podcast. I don't know if it comes up on yours as well, but it uh, does certainly comes up on this a lot because of that juxtaposition between, you know, people trying to be empathetic and compassionate and then the other side. I mean, we see this more probably on Twitter than than on Instagram, perhaps. I don't but, do that one Yeah, anymore. no. <laughs> uh, that's very, probably very wise. Um, but yeah, just trying to find a bit more joy and a bit more compassion mm. on these platforms. It can be very hard sometimes. And I think mm. when you're an empathetic person, which you clearly are, I am as well. And, and you, <laughs> yeah. even you, <laughs> old cold, stone cold hearted person <laughs> over there. Me. Yeah. I know, he said that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. But it was a chance. He knows me better. Um, I know yeah. you well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it can take it out of you to, to I, be looking at that stuff a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had it in the press in the past. Um, and yes, of course it hurts. Of course it hurts. But I I think the stuff that I do on social media, for me, I don't really get. And now, now they'll probably go, ah, right, time to start writing horrible things. Mm. Because I'm, I'm not putting opinions. I'm just mm. hopefully making somebody smile. That's mm. all it is for me. And if they, like I said, if they don't want to see it, then. Yeah, switch off mute. There's block, very funny. Yeah. There's one that's gone viral. It's ridiculous with uh, me and Gethin doing a, a challenge. Everyone likes our challenges, and we did a challenge, and people are going, "No, she moved half a step away. She might." And it's just making us laugh. <laughs> I did, we only just did it for fun. We didn't know everyone was going to go mad about that. We really mm. did just do it for joy and fun. Yeah, yeah. Some of some of the comments. I mean, I, I'm sure we all get them. Are so ridiculous. <laughs> But actually, they're actually yeah, quite joyful because yeah. yeah. like that is your opinion so far fetched on that thing that actually I can't take that even I have take to say, with, can't even I'm, take it personally because it's have, so ridiculous. Honestly, I just have the loveliest, loveliest, loveliest messages, and people are very open and honest about things they're going through, and I take that as a huge compliment when they tell me things that are upsetting them and hurting them. So, go on. <laughs> Just had a goofy moment. Didn't yeah. we? Um, I was just going to say, can we go? Uh, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but can we go back to the sort of active listening piece? Because I feel like it's something that we obviously should do more of, but it's 
it's quite hard sometimes when you go into that autopilot throughout the day and you're busy, you know, you've got work and stuff and kids and everything balancing life to actually actively listen to people. And would you say that it's sort of like a muscle that you have to strengthen as well? And is there, are there ways that you can make yourself better at actively listening and taking- Stop worrying about yourself so much, really. I think that's a big part of it. The more you worry about yourself, you're not going to tune in and and be interested or or empathetic or sympathetic because you're so wrapped up in yourself. And again, that goes back to the person who's being judgmental is because they're so wrapped up in their own stuff. And I think that that if the person who is wrapped up in themselves, if they could talk about what they're wrapped up in they will then become a better listener as well. Yeah, that's true. I, I saw this thing a while back that was sort of like, don't worry about what other people think about you because they'll be too worried busy about worrying, <laughs> yeah. worrying about what people think about them. Yeah. It's just a cycle. Yeah, so true. Yeah, that is so true. So true. Well, it's that thing, isn't it? Like what people think about you is none of your business. Yeah. 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 But you can't, you know, or that is obviously, I'm going to use the word again, cliche, cliche but you can't please all the people <laughs> no. all the time. Mm. And we can't all like the same thing. There was a brilliant play years ago called Art by Yasmin Reza, which was basically a, a white, I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was a painting and it was basically a white canvas mm. and three actors all discuss it and they all see something different. We can't all like the same things. We can't. I mean, it's, that's ridiculous. And also what a, Boring world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. This goes back to people's opinions on things, like voicing their opinions on social media and stuff like that. But imagine if we all had the same opinion and thoughts and feelings and we're all interested in the same stuff and all wanted to do the same job. It just wouldn't work as a society. I remember I remember having the most ridiculous conversation with somebody about Barbara Streisand. Because I said, I love Barbara Streisand. They went, I can't bear it. <laughs> What do you mean? It was I was I, incensed, <laughs> I, and I just spent a lot of money to go and see her mm. a few years ago, and um I, and I didn't understand it. And this, but it doesn't matter. I, mean, I know, but <laughs> I, I don't know. understand it. It's when people talk about musical theatre and they don't like it. What do you mean you don't like it? You haven't seen this, and you haven't seen this because I love musical theatre. Yeah. But actually, we can't all. Yeah, yeah. That's that. that's hard to justify, though, isn't it? You must, like, you yeah. must like it. <laughs> <laughs> But that comes, some of that comes about being authentic as well, being your authentic self. And I think that comes across in the book as well about you being your authentic self. And we've obviously touched on your background as being, you know, your family and all the joy that you kind of had as a child and stuff. And you've, you always come across to me as being very authentic. And I'm talking to you today. Mm. feels like I'm talking to the authentic Gabby. So, well, it's what I've always, that's the thing that my dad always said, if you want to do this, because he was in the industry and he said, if you want to do this, you can't not be. I remember going for auditions in the beginning um, and uh, doing screen tests for TV shows. And I remember going for a show and they said, and it was always said to me, they said, oh, you're a bit big sister. You know, you just need, you're not really rock and roll enough. I remember going for the big breakfast and one of the screen, I had five screen tests and they said, can you ever be nasty? I went, I can be nasty if you want. And I, thought, I, I can't. And then I went, actually, no, because that's not me. Mm. But but it was always, I remember turning up to a screen test in a leather biker jacket because I thought, well, I'm going to be yeah, rock and yeah. roll. I'm not yeah. just going to be this girl, very sort of straight girl that I am. And And then I remember going for the audition for the screen test and I took the jacket off just before I thought, 
that's not me. Mm. What am I trying to do? And I want to be a TV presenter. And you have to be you. So, and another cliche. What you see is what you get. Mm. And there's no, there's, I, there's no fake. Like you asked me at the beginning if it's fake. I can't. I, I, if I'd done that for so long, somebody would have caught me out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's not sustainable, really, no, is it? Not. In any industry, well, not whatever just in job TV. you do, whatever yeah, job. Yeah, and in friendships as well, or relationships. Yeah. You know, is the old <laughs> cliche that you meet someone and you put your best self out there, or you kind of tr- try and fit into a mold of what they are looking for. And within a few months, it's all you get the dirty hair. Once you yeah. show them your dirty hair, <laughs> no makeup. <laughs> Torn, cl- it's fine. Just, yeah, I'd say exactly. go there straight away. Mm. Turn up on your first date with dirty hair. <laughs> <laughs> then they see what you really like. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Manage expectations. And then- I remember when I was little, always worrying because I've got completely white. I, I was born re- redhead and um, completely white eyelashes and eyebrows. And I remember really, when I was really young thinking, oh dear, everyone's going to wonder where my eyelashes are. So and then so I wear <laughs> mascara from from the age of 14 or something. And I even mm. when I gave birth both times had mascara on. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, no, no man can ever see oh. me without mascara. And mm. yeah, my husband. Yeah, he has. How silly, though, isn't it? When you no, think about it, like when eyelashes. Teenagers. Yeah, yeah, well, of course, we've Teenage all got our girls. thing. Because, you know, I've got really I, I used to have hair literally same color as yours when I was a child and it kind of went brown. But white blonde eyebrows yeah. and really fine thin eyelashes it's to the point when I, when I take my makeup off I've got really long eyelashes but it looks like I don't have any yes, eyelashes yes no I'm the same but, but I don't you, care now yeah but when you think about it what a silly thing to get upset about eyelashes oh, oh, <laughs> so arms. Silly. I used to be really self-conscious because I had I thought oh, I've got really big arms and very muscly and I've got a big scar from my t- um, BCG injection I've got a massive scar because oh, it yeah, opened yeah. up and I had to have it all stitched up and oh. I was so self-conscious of all of that Nobody cares about no. my scar on my arm. No. They did at 12. They really don't care now. And I wish mm. I'd known that yeah. then. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so true. So true. Do you find you ever do that? You're talking to your past, like, you know, younger Gabby. Oh, only about that. Only about, about that. my arm, my left arm. I always mm. do it. And um, Amanda Redman, the actress, who's got scar all down uh, one arm, I remember... Uh, being at an event and you could just see the scar and she came up and she patted my arm and she kissed my scar and she went how wonderful you got a scar and I thought oh and then Katie Piper as well she went look Mm. and I just thought what have I been doing all my life how ridiculous yeah nobody really cared it was it you that posted on was it Instagram this morning or yesterday saying if you could go back in time and speak to your 18 mm. year old self yeah what, I did what yeah, would I you on, say I was on Twitter this morning right yeah because I was I thought about that for quite a while I was like what would, what I would say you what would you do well I don't know I mean I was 18 was before my mum died so and I probably would have said you know, it was Giles said in three words which I thought was unrealistic really <laughs> well it, <laughs> you know you, you've only got 100 or 200 characters so I thought you know yeah you well quick, you I know. was like three make words make it brief I was thinking I would tell my 18-year-old self, you know, cherish every second yeah. with your mum, but I couldn't fit it into three words. And I was thinking, like, um, cherish, cherish every each, second. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> but then I was thinking, mm. what if I misinterpreted that as, like, cherish every second of going out and drinking? And no, but you could cherish every moment. Mm. Every yeah. moment. Well, I mean, it's good advice for 
your whole life really isn't it but yeah particularly around that time what would yours be oh don't worry about your arms i can't Mm. get down to three (laughs) and Um, also i'll ask mum more questions mm -hmm. yes you probably feel the same yeah oh god yeah what would yours be well, I was going to say it's probably four words, though, is it? Like it, You it's said gonna, three. You rules. It's going to be okay. I mean, is that that's too many, is it? it It'll be uh, okay. It'll, it'll be, okay. be okay. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Do you know what the most... There was a lot of people messaged on that because yes, people Yes, what did they it. say? Most people that like, you are loved was the most oh, thing that people said... How lovely. Said, yeah, saying to their 18-year-old self, so... There's a lot of people that yeah. obviously needed some love. Yeah, uh, teenage quite nice. years are yeah, really, hard. really difficult. Mm. And 18's hard as well because you're then, on, you're kind of, you're not on your own, but it's yeah. like go and find mm. something to do now for the rest of your life. Yeah. Teenage uh, years, it's, you know, we're all, you, that's when you're super judgmental yeah. of mm. yourself yeah, as opposed to others. Mm. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. And it's kind of, it's a strange place between being a child and being an adult. Depending on obviously your circumstances, you know, some people that's like off you go out into the world and for others they're you know, still in their thirties and mm. you know, being mollycoddled. But it is yeah, it's a tough time, I yeah. think, to go out into the world and learn about yourself, I think. It is. But yeah. It is a very tough time. But you know, all stages of life have got their ups and downs, haven't they? Uh, what I was gonna ask you actually is um and we've touched on this a little bit, but for for anyone that's like in a difficult place, yeah. and they, how do you find spreading joy when you're when you're not in the best? Place? Uh, so friends of ours, I talk about this in the book as well. So um, friends of ours went through something deeply personal and really horrific, and uh, she called me up. She said, "I just this is I don't know how to cope with this." She was not at the stage where she wanted to end it, mm-hmm. but she just didn't know how to cope at all. And I actually said, look, uh, you know, I gave her some some uh, personal advice about the situation they were in, which isn't fair for me to say. But also I said the thing about smiling in the morning. And, um, and she said, and I called every single morning to see how they were doing and then every, every evening as well. And after two weeks, she called me up and she said, do you know what? That smiling thing first thing in the morning really does help, mainly because when I smile first thing in the morning, can I swear? Yeah. I won't swear. Go no, for I it. No. I, 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 and she <laughs> said, all I said that first thing when I smile, I always think, oh, you, Gabby, for telling me to do that. Yeah. She said, and then I laugh. She said, and then I'm laughing at you telling me to do something so ridiculous. Mm. So I said, oh, then it works. She yeah. said, oh, and that's how you look at it. Yeah. Oh, then it works. Yeah. yeah. But, but I think. I th- like, I'm going to go straight back to what I said before, talking about it. Whatever situation you're in, do not go through this on your own. And if you've got nobody, there are amazing charities there at the end of the line who will take your calls and they are there 24 hours a day. And I think it's vitally important. We live in a society now where loneliness is, a, is an epidemic, mm. especially in this country. People are desperately lonely. We've got very young people so lonely post-pandemic even more so and very very old people who uh the the rise in dementia now is terrifying because of brought on by the pandemic so we we have to be aware that there's a huge amount of loneliness out there those people need to know that there's somebody that they can talk to and it's i always remind people just pick up the phone it really don't just text actually physically ring somebody go hello Mm. 
And I remember working with Samaritans a few years ago um, in the train stations. Uh, we did this amazing campaign that I'm so proud of where um, you'd go into a train station and just randomly out of the blue, you'd just hear me say, hello, are you okay? And it would be that. And then I'd, there'd be a little bit more, but it was just to have that moment of clicking out of the thought maybe you were whatever you were contemplating. Obviously in the train stations, mm, you were aware yeah, yeah. of what, why, we, why we were doing it. And it was, it was lovely because I heard from people saying, you made me stop doing what I was thinking of doing. But it is just saying to somebody, hello, how are you? Mm. That's I'll say it. How are you, Giles? I'm very well. How are you? I'm very well. Thank good. You. I actually, I really am. Thank good. you. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. I'm, yeah, I had a bit of a stressful weekend, but now I feel great, actually. And we had a fun drive up, didn't we? Had bacon bap. Might cut that out because... I was supposed to be a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut it out. That's very funny. What do you mean you're supposed to be a vegetarian? Well, do you know what? I eat, I have a very, very good diet. I eat exceedingly well. And the only... Now it seems that I am the bad influence. Yeah, you're bad. <laughs> well, uh, do you know what? I reintroduced meat into my, into my diet, but only because I buy from like organic farms and like it's all so sustainable so the animals and are, are ethical. Happy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I wouldn't put anything in my body if it wasn't. However, there's, you know, people have opinions about stuff like that. And as a, because I'm in my other job, I'm a, a conservationist and like yeah. a wildlife yeah. person and stuff. So wonderful, <laughs> wonderful thing that you do because I'm Thank you. passionate about oh, our animals. You? Oh, I'm oh, the well, biggest anti trophy hunting person and passionate about animals. And well. I work with Born Free. So, yeah. Oh, I do you? Oh, literally had a. a we were talking about that with, on the way out, weren't we? Yeah, I had a call with Will Travers the other Will's day. Will's wonderful. We We'll have to talk about this after the episode finishes. Yeah. <laughs> Not bore people no, now. No, but, but we've got to, that, the yeah. environment and the animals, we have to look after them. But but it doesn't mean you can't eat that. I don't, mm. but it doesn't mean you can. Also, having a little bit of a treat, I do talk about that a lot. Yeah. But ice cream, I love ice cream. I've studied nutrition mm. and health for 28 years since my dad was diagnosed with oh, bowel cancer. Really? It's my passion, absolute passion. And yeah, I love my ice cream. I'm going to have my ice cream before I want my ice cream. It's all about balance, isn't it? Yeah. And also, you, I, I, I mean, I'm not an expert on nutrition, but I feel like you could have the best diet in the world and if you're miserable, disease is going to find you. You know, and do you really want to look uh, back yeah, and be like... but also you mm. can, you know, there's you can eat for a healthier lifestyle. Mm. It's not about diet, I hate that word. No, mm. I mean, we had um, a great nutritionist on, didn't we? Pauline Cox and... Ever since then, and maybe a little bit before, because I did a gut test, which again was oh. super interesting. Went down a whole rabbit hole. Oh now, my god, that's my passion, right? Health. Yeah. Uh, see, we. What what are my other passions? Uh, Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we we're interested in the same stuff, but um, yeah, it's so fascinating, like the gut stuff. The nutrition, all, you know, I've started taking probiotics. Oh, I've got a great massively... one. You should you should have a shot every morning. Ooh, I can advertise for them, but um, for Simprove. It's improve every day. I see. So I've heard of them because there, there's another podcast that I listen to. You've listened to as well. They Am are I? sponsored by Simprove. Simprove is it? So I've they've been one of my sponsors as well. Out. So yeah, no, so they are amazing. Interesting. So I've been taking it for four or five years. My husband oh. has for about six years. I take Seed, which is the one. It's two capsules in one, and the first capsule breaks down quite easily, and it's got the one of them either the pre or the probiotic in it and then the second capsule inside is a little bit more robust 
And when it breaks down, it's got the other stuff in it. So it breaks down as it goes through your digestive right, system. Right, it's slower. Well, and simply yeah. water base that goes directly into the gut. I'm going to try that. And also that. it gets rid of, it puts good in and gets rid of bad. Mm. So, yeah. Interesting. Okay, I'll check that out. So nutrition, love. Saving animals, love. Yeah. <laughs> Conservation, love. Anything you want to add? Well, I'm going to ask one last question. Oh, I hope so you love. Did you love theatre, <laughs> cinema, and TV? Cinema and TV, yes, but I haven't Not been to the theatre much <gasps> in my life. Live theatre is wonderful. I've Please ne- go. Do you know what? I just I never went as a child or anything or a teenager. It's I've been very a couple expensive. Of times that's adult, the worry. But but, mm. but you can mm. get last minute tickets. Okay. My teenage daughter, who's 16, she did with a friend recently. They went and got 10 pound tickets, which was mm. wonderful. Mm. Matinees are normally cheaper, aren't they? Yeah. You get matinee. What? Oh, go on. You just wait. You can Sorry. deal with this in a minute. We'll chat in a minute. Um, what I wanted to ask you, really, was the last thing was um, in the book, you talk about five things you can do that are vital for a joyful life. And you've obviously said about making yourself smile in the morning. And jumping. Jumping. Yeah, okay, talk yeah. about that a little bit more. Um, it's just getting your energy levels up. So I did this with, um, I, I've been doing it for years. You just jump. Uh, we can't. We actually a little bit trapped in with the mics here, but I, all the radio shows and TV shows I've done recently, I make them everybody mm. jump, and all the journalists. You could, you could do you that. Could, yeah, but you it just, <laughs> it's literally just one jump, and then the next time you jump, you put your hands in the air and you jump, and the next time you smile, put your hands in the air and jump, and then do it at home. Get used to doing that. Do it on your doorstep just before you go out. If you've got the balls, go and do it while you're outside, which I do. So when I'm walking, because I walk everywhere, I bore everyone with that, but I walk. Miles and miles every day to each of the things I do. And apart from Manchester, I get the train. But but I walk <laughs> everywhere and I jump. If I'm feeling, if I'm slightly worried about a meeting or a pitch that I'm going to, I'll jump and you feel mm, more energised. And use your imagination. All of these things are important. But mm. um, the jumping, I, had, I met a lovely um, elderly couple in Hyde Park in London who were very sad. And uh, I was talking to them. And they were telling me their private story. And... And they said they never think they're going to be, they never thought they'd ever be happy again and smile. And I said, come on, let's jump together. And the man, they were very elderly. And the man said, okay, let's do it. And the wife really, she said, please just don't be so ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. (laughs) So I took the man's hands and we jumped. We started jumping. And he said, come on, come on. And he was laughing. And, um, And bless her. Then she did and she started laughing. And then they... She said, I never thought... It makes me really upset when I talk about them. I hope they're okay. Because mm. I talk about them in the book as well. But she said she never thought she'd smile again. And she oh, just had. God. So it's just simple things. You know what? Keep it simple. Mm. Don't beat yourself up about those things. Also, keep your imagination going. There's something that happens. We, we you know, t- being in touch with the inner child is really important. So splashing in a puddle, we do when we're little. Splashing in a puddle when you're grown up is like, oh, no, I'm wet. Oh, yeah. no, what am I going to do? <laughs> Actually, you splash in a puddle. You feel the water. Mm. Doesn't matter. Do it again. Get yourself really wet. Mm. Well, I feel like as we get older, we're more tied down with sort of like societal expectations and the ego and stuff. And maybe we do lose some of that authenticity as well. Because, I mean, we've spoken before about how children are the most authentic you can be. They just do what they want. They say it as it they is. say it as it is. They do whatever the hell they want to do. They don't care about people judging them or failing or whatever it might be. So I think that's only a good good thing. I feel like being more childlike would help you to be more authentic as well. You know, when you were a child, did you ever roll down a hill? Oh, yeah, all the time. As an adult, yeah. have you done it recently? 
Mm. Do you know what? It wasn't that long ago. I did do that. Yes! Do you know what I said to Giles the other day? I was like, do you remember when you were a child and you go up the stairs and you used to go up on all fours like a dog? Yeah. So like, when do we stop doing that? So <laughs> why don't you do it tonight? He went, I did it the other day. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, I think I still have quite a lot of childlike tendencies. I, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. You do are. you not? Have you not been up on well, all fours? I live on a single story now. But well, I, tonight you're coming to my house, so you can go up. Well, the stairs can we get in sleeping bags and go down the stairs? And yeah, yeah, do that. Because <laughs> that's what we used to do as kids. We used do to it. Go down do you promise me you'll do it tonight? Will you? Will yeah, you yeah. Post about it. Yeah. It's got wooden floor uh, stairs too. So yeah, yeah. Be Just be careful. Yeah. That's the mother in my leg. Don't bang yeah. your head. There's like Thanks pictures of day and e. You know. Yeah. Like, Thanks, Cappy. Like, yeah. Don't mind that. You know, though, it's awful because I do have a sixth sense of humour because my favourite. On the very first episode of my podcast. Um, we had Robbie Williams on and uh, I've known Rob for a very long time uh, since he was 16 and <laughs> and we both have the same sense of humour because the thing that makes me laugh more than anything is somebody falling. <laughs> <laughs> can't even say it. I can't. <laughs> Shame oh, on you. My, Shame. No, it's um, <laughs> when my next door neighbour, when we were 13, she fell down a manhole. A manhole, <laughs> yeah, and, and she was fine. She didn't hurt herself, but it makes me laugh so much and I said that on... Would I lie to you? But I laughed so much they realised it was true. <laughs> and then, but Robbie also has fallen down a manhole, and he shares the story of falling no. down a manhole. And the two of us become uncontrollable. <laughs> and it sounds like we're really sick, but nobody was hurt in the making of that story. Uh, well, it probably would still be funny even if they were. No, just kidding. Yeah. No, just no, kidding. no, no, just no, kidding. No, no. Just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So more, be more childlike is the. The, yeah. the lesson yeah. there be more childhood jump in puddles run up the stairs on all fours yeah. uh, and sing and sing and jump sing okay, jump. okay dance anywhere but not on strictly everyone always says how come you dance in the street with strangers because that nobody's sitting there because i my whole mm. thing is about don't be judged i love watching strictly I ain't going to do that show because I don't mm. want somebody to judge yeah. me on a Saturday night TV. Oh, I should know that. You know. Mm. I don't want to do that. No. Too no. shy. Far too shy. Don't want to do that. In six months' time, it'll be an announcement. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I've always said never. I never, never. I absolutely <laughs> promise you, I never will do that. I absolutely won't. And I've got friends who do it and one of my friends is on it and I, but absolutely no way. But I will dance in the street with strangers because they ask me, Nearly every day, somebody says, "Oh, will you? Can we dance together like you do with all the oh. time?" Go, okay. So really? That's nice. Oh, it's nice that you actually do that as well. Oh, always. Just so sometimes you know. they ask me to post it, and I'll post it. And yeah. if they say don't, they mm. post it. Whatever. Oh. Sometimes they say, "Can I go on your Instagram dancing with you?" Okay. And there's okay. a nice story of that where um, I bumped into a woman. She was coming out of a shop by St Paul's. And it was when I was working um, near, very near there. And this, this woman came out. She went, oh, you're Gabby Rosalind. I've always wanted to dance with you in the street. So I said, okay. <laughs> and her daughter was there. Her daughter filmed it. And whilst her daughter was filming it, my brother-in-law came around the corner and he just put his head in his hands and went, <laughs> <laughs> it really does happen. And I just looked at him and said, yeah, it really does. Yeah. I was going to say, if that happened to anybody else other than you, how strange that would be. Like, Charles Paley Phillips, can I dance with you in the street? <laughs> You'd say yes, I'd wouldn't say, you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know about that. I don't know. Mm, I bet you would. He I would. would yeah. No, he'd be texting 
texting me, oh, someone just asked me to dance oh, in the street I would with them. Not God. Be doing that. <laughs> you want to dance in the street after this? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll film, okay. I'll film. No, you're going to be in it. No, no you're going to no, be doing yeah, it. Because I can't dance. No, neither can I. I am completely. Um, uh, what's excuse the dancing? me. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> yeah. I'm no dancer Sorry. either. No, we just move. What's the, dan- what's the dancing equivalent of being tone deaf? Rhythmless. No, there's no such thing. <laughs> okay. No such thing. Yeah. Well, we'll and there's we'll no see. such thing as uh, that when people say they can't sing. Yeah. Everyone can sing. Mm. Everyone can sing. Okay. Okay. It just it doesn't matter if you're slightly out of tune, but you can still sing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Can I ask as well? You're wearing amazing. I love that hoodie, by the way. Yeah. Bright orange. Straight off it. the train. It's very yeah. Dutch. Very Dutch. And I love your nails as well. It's people watching. Bright colours. Well, that's the whole thing in my yeah. book. I go on about wearing bright colours because. Um, it lifts your spirit and then it lifts people. So that's how you spread oh, the joy. I didn't, I didn't know that. I did not yeah. know that. There's if a whole thing about colour. Yeah, I talked to, do you know what? I talked to a colour therapist mm. on, a, on another podcast. I remember. I remember and um, they carry swatches with them because there's certain colours that you should sort of yeah, look at. She says, so if you're going into some like, like an anxiety inducing situation, like for example, a job interview or something, you might want to look at a blue calm you and there's like too many people wear black yeah and i've got black of course i've got black outfits but but it seems to be everybody's go-to so i do something called shopping in your wardrobe where i because i'm also really worried about everybody tap to buy oh these are new and buy this buy this buy this and people are tempted we're all tempted Mm. and but people don't have the money to do that so go into your wardrobe see stuff that you bought years ago add it to something else and add some color to it so if all you can see are black Color, uh, black outfits but you've got a, a green this or a blue that or an orange or a pink or whatever add that to that and it will lift your spirit and it lifts mm. people's spirits so people love seeing neon colors and the amount of people that say to me um oh i wish i could dare and i say just mm. do it you of course you can do it yeah. yes you can i love that jumper that hoodie thank you I think it's lovely well, Gabby Roslin, thank you so much. Thank you thank very you. much. It's been, it has been a pure joy to talk oh, to you. Oh, thank you. So thank you. And when people can get your book from the usual places? All the usual places. Spread the joy. It's yeah. on uh, Amazon. I've got a bit of a deal on it now. And you can get signed copies at WH Smith. We've just done a whole bunch of awesome. signed oh, copies. Amazing. I bet they'll get snapped up well, pretty everybody's quick. Everybody's very yeah. lovely about it. Because it's not some great tome. It's just simple things to make your day a little mm. bit better. Yeah, that was a beep to say stop talking. <laughs> Charles the That's sat, my Casio up. watch. That oh, was it? You got it old fashioned. Let me see. Yeah, proper old oh, school. Oh, how lovely! Yeah, doesn't tell you how many steps you've done. It does doesn't. It? I like judging. that. It's not judging. <laughs> it's not judging me, and it's not telling me. Best. It's not sending me messages, although it is bleeping at me when the hour changes. So, but thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And yeah. I think everybody should be a little bit more joyful, like you. Thank and you follow, so much. Follow in your footsteps and buy the book listen to your podcast and all the rest of it. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for listening to Unquestionable. We'd love to hear from you on social media by searching for Unquestionable Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.